Right, it's good to be back with you this morning. I'm going to have your Bibles open there at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. I can't control whatever. It's, is the light on? It's right there. Can you hear me now? No? All right. We'll see if we can't move around too much then. Give me the pulpit mic, that'll work for the time being. Verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. God has entrusted men throughout the, the ages with this wonderful message of the gospel. And as a church here, we've been blessed to have a man who has faithfully preached the word of God for the last 25 years. As I was thinking back on things um, the last uh, few weeks, I knew we were going to be here for this. I couldn't help but think, but 24 and a half years ago, I came out here for the purpose of asking Mr. Held if he would allow me to marry his youngest daughter. And as we had our conversation in his office over here that is now for the Tim's office, I came out from that white as a ghost and as I was coming out, pastor popped his head out and said, hey, when you're done, come over and talk to me. We were doing family pictures in here. We were deciding whether or not I was going to be included in the family pictures or not. We decided we'd do some with and some without just in case things didn't work out. Uh, no, I think we did all of them with me in there. But So we got done with family pictures and I walked over to his office and spent a few minutes with him and we, when I left the office, he, we agreed we would pray about whether or not I would be able to come and serve as youth pastor. That March or April, I can't forget which one, I think it was close around end of March, early April, he got a hold of me again and said, so what do you think? And I said, I think this is the place we're supposed to come. And so in May, we moved up this way, getting ready for a big wedding and all that fun stuff there. And I we found us a little place. Actually, Pastor found us a place over on Giannotti Court. And uh, we lived in the upstairs apartment of a, of a kind, kind lady uh, there who allowed us to live there for a few years. We moved here, and in June, we assumed the position of youth pastor, assistant pastor, and, and all those things that came with it. I was 24 and had no clue what was going on. And he was willing to put up with a lot of the uh, bumps and bruises that come with a young kid who doesn't know what he's doing. And over the years, God has allowed us to become friends. When we first came, we were just acquaintances. We were just kind of getting to know each other. But over the last 25 years, 24 years, God has allowed Pastor Bish to become one of my dearest friends that I have. And I appreciate so much his faithfulness to the ministry. 17 of those years we got to spend here. 
We got to be by his side and we went through a lot of stuff. We saw a lot of ups, we saw a lot of downs, but through it all, there's one thing I can say about the man that's being honored today, and that is this, he's remained faithful. When the easy way out was to quit, sit on the sidelines, he chose to stay in the race. While we have watched it in his life, it's not enough for us just to observe what takes place in somebody's life, but it should be a challenge to us as well. Because all of us deal with difficulties along the way. All of us deal with problems. All of us deal with things that would cause us to say, well, what's the use of going on? Whenever you do that, whenever those thoughts do come across your mind, because they will, think about a man who has stayed in the race and remained faithful. I remember that phone call that I got from Trina. I don't remember if it was 2005 or 2006. I think it was 2005. Pastor and Trina went down to the Outer Banks. And while there, Pastor was taken to the emergency room with something they could not figure out. And so for the next year and a half or so, they went back and forth trying to figure out. I think they settled in, was it right, pneumonia in the foot. That's, that's what we decided. I don't know how you get a doctor degree and end up with pneumonia in the foot, but somehow or another, that's what happened. But anyway, the Lord decided that it was in his will for him to have his leg amputated and that's what would happen. I know you know the story and I won't retell all that, but I can remember those ups and downs those days and Lord, and I remember the, some of the low times, but I also remember the, the rejoicing that was had whenever we saw God give victory. I'm thankful that I can say that a man that, that we're honoring today has proven himself to be faithful. Because in verse one, the Bible says this here, says, let a man so account of us. In other words, take account, take a look at the life, take a look at what has been done, take a look and see whether or not it is true. Accusations can be made and accusations, whether good or bad, can be hurled. But what is the test of the accusation, the weight of the accusation is what is the proof of the man. Notice he says, as, the, as of the ministers of Christ, and that's exactly what pastor has been, he's been his servant of Jesus Christ, but he's also been a steward of the mysteries of the God. This book holds in our, that we hold in our hands is those mysteries that God has given to us. And every single Sunday you come, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, pastor comes and he opens this book up and he says, thus saith the Lord. Moreover, it is required. It's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. I'm glad this morning I can say that my friend has been faithful through it all. But as I think about it too, I think of it as a challenge to us, a challenge to us to be faithful as well. This morning, I want us to think on some areas in our lives where we need to be faithful in what God has given to us. The first thing I think about is this here is that I know for sure, and I know by testimony, the fact that our pastor has been faithful to the gospel. He's been faithful to proclaim the gospel from this sacred desk for the last 25 years. In the book of Galatians in chapter number one, the apostle Paul deals with some folks who were not faithful to the gospel. In fact, there were those who came in, he said they come in with another gospel. It was a gospel of a different sort. It wasn't the same thing that the apostle Paul had been preaching. What was that gospel that the apostle had been preaching? Well, you find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Turn over there if you would with me. We'll use our Bibles a good bit this morning. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 
Paul gives this to the believers there. He says in verse number one, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. So don't forget what I preached to you. Don't forget what I have proclaimed to you. Let me remind you, this is the gospel. What is the gospel? Verse number three, for I delivered unto you first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What is the gospel? It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. The gospel is this here is that Jesus died for you. The gospel is that Jesus died to save us from our sins. The gospel is this here is that there is no other way to heaven but Jesus Christ. The gospel is a free gift that God offers to everybody. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because he died on the cross, because he shed that precious blood for you and for me, we can have salvation this morning. We can know that our sins are forgiven. We can know we have a home in heaven. We can know it is all settled because of what Jesus Christ did. The gospel is not earned. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine tells us, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God took care of all of it. There's not a single thing you can do to earn salvation. There's not a single thing you can do to add to salvation. It has all been done. It is a package offered to you. And all you have to do is receive that wonderful gift that God has for us. So what must I do? The gospel must be believed. It has to be believed. In John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. Belief faith, a total trust, a total reliance on what he has done. Many want to add to the gospel. Many want to add things to it, but God says, no, no, no. There's nothing to be added. I've taken care of everything for you. Amen. You have nothing to add to this. In Romans chapter 10, verses nine and 10, the Bible tells there that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What a promise God gives to us that if we simply believe, he promised us salvation for every one of us. It's so easy. Romans 10, 13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, how easy it is. And that is the gospel that Paul was preaching. But in Galatians, there were those who came in and said, hey, we need to add some things to salvation to make it more effective. We need to add some things to salvation so you can hold on to it. And Paul said, no, 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 that is not the case. In Galatians chapter one, if you would turn over there with me. <coughs> in Galatians one, he says this here in verse number 11, but I certify you brethren that the gospel which is preached of me is not after man for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. What Paul is saying there, he said, I wasn't given this by somebody down the road. I didn't go to the um, to Peter to receive this. I didn't go to uh, John to receive this. In fact, Jesus Christ came to me and he gave me the gospel. He said, well, how do you know that? Acts chapter number nine, the Bible says that the apostle there, not at that time an apostle, he was simply known as Saul. He was a persecutor of the church, but God met him on the road to Damascus that day. And the Bible says that a great light shone upon him and it called out to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. 
He knew it because there was conviction in his heart and soul. There was conviction inside of him. And that day he called upon the name, Who art thou, Lord? Who art thou, Lord? Are you who I think you are? He says, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. And that day Paul received the gospel and he took that same message that God gave to him on the Damascus road and he went about all over Asia Minor preaching the word of God and saying, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In verse 15 of Galatians 1, he says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, I didn't do anything to deserve this precious gift, but I was received it by God's grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. He said, I went out and I began to preach that gospel. Those who came in that were trying to pervert it, no, saw, uh, uh, Paul here said, I'm gonna fight against them. I'm gonna push back against them. I'm gonna do all I can to promote the gospel itself. As believers, those who have received that wonderful message, if this morning you know Christ as your savior, you've got a responsibility to be faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is your responsibility. It's not just pastor's responsibility, although he has been faithful to do that here in this place for the last 25 years. It is all of our responsibility to be faithful to proclaim that message that came to us one day and we received it and we received salvation. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 says this here, uh, tells us here that we're to, be, to go out and to preach the gospel to every creature. Let everybody know that Jesus loves them. Let everybody know that Jesus died for them. And we find a man who is faithful to the gospel. We have a preacher uh, who has been here for 25 years who, have been, who has been faithful to the gospel. As a believer, it is our responsibility to be faithful to the gospel. Are you being faithful to the gospel? But not only that, we're called to be faithful to Jesus Christ. Faithful to Jesus Christ. In Galatians chapter two and verse 20, Paul says this, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In Philippians chapter one and verse 21, Paul says, for to me to live is Christ but to die is gain. He looked forward to that day. He'd be in eternity with his Lord. But as long as he gave him breath here on this earth, as long as he gave him the ability to, to speak and lift up his voice, he said, I'm gonna live for Jesus Christ. And as a believer, people need to see that Christ is real in our lives. He's not just what goes on inside these four walls, but he has to be lived out outside of these four walls. And we've gotta be faithful to the cause of Christ. In 1 Timothy chapter four and verse 12, Paul tells Timothy, his young protege, a young man that he was responsible for leading to Christ and, and growing him in the faith and getting him ready to go into the ministry to take over, if you will, to kind of step in after Paul would lay down his life for the cause of Christ. Timothy would carry on. Titus would carry on. Others would carry on. And they were supposed to pass it off to others as well. But he said this in verse 12, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Every one of us in this room, if you name the name of Christ, you are a Christian in this room. It is your responsibility to show this world what a Christian is supposed to be. He gives several areas there in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Uh, all those areas say, what's all about? Well, in the way I talk, in the way I live, uh, in the way I love and show compassion, in the way my attitude is, and the way the faith affects my living and my purity. 
I won't be spotted by the world. Instead, I'm going to be separated from those things that would uh, bring his shame onto the name of Christ. He says, I, I want to be faithful uh, to Jesus Christ in all my life. I, I want to be, uh, let Christ live in, in me and through me so this world can see what an amazing Savior I have. Testimony of Christ lived through us. Faithful to the gospel, faithful to Christ, but also this, faithful to the word of God. Faithful to the word of God. In Philippians, I'm sorry, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, the Bible says this here, study to show thyself approved and the God. God wants to see us being faithful to his word. Faithful to study it out, faithful to know what it says. Not, not to take it and twist it for our own use, but rather that we would have discernment to know what does the Bible say so we can say, thus saith the Lord. He wants us to be faithful uh, in our study, faithful in holding fast. In Titus uh, chapter 1 and verse 9, he tells us there to hold fast the faithful word, to take a hold of it. I think of Eliezer back in 2 Samuel chapter 23 as David was lifting off, lifting, uh, listing off his, uh, his mighty men. He talks about Eliezer and he says this here, that he went out to battle against the uh, Philistines there. And as he uh, was in battle that day, that his hand clave to the sword that he had. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the historian Josephus says that, uh, that his hand began to cramp so much that his, his hand has such a tight hold on that sword that he had that they could not pull it out of his hand. They had to take a, and lay it on a rock and take a, another rock and begin to beat on his hand until his hand finally relaxed to let go of that sword. That's how intense he was in the battle. That's how Saul of a hold he had on the, the sword of his, uh, that he had for his battle. And as we go out and live in this world, listen, the Bible wants us to have a hold on this, on this book here so that we can live this out and know how to give an answer to those who ask of it. Faithful to the word, faithful to preach the word. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, Paul admonishes Timothy there, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Let's be faithful to the word of God. Proclaim the word of God faithfully, whether it's popular or unpopular. When it exposes sin, preach the word. When it encourages the weary pilgrim, preach the word. When it makes the crowd uncomfortable, preach the word. When it causes the sinner to see there is hope in Jesus, preach the word. When it draws a crowd, Preach the word. When there's only a few, preach the word. When they're drawing close to the end of life, preach the word. When they can barely understand, preach the word. When it seems they aren't listening, preach the word. When all hope seems lost, preach the word. When it's hard to live out, preach the word. God calls upon not only the pastors, but every one of us to preach, to proclaim what the Bible says. Amen. Holding forth the word. And this, in Philippians 2, verses 14 through 16, it describes the world that we live in as being a crooked and perverse nation. Darkness. Darkness spiritually covers this land. And they need somebody who will hold forth the answer, and the answer is found in this book. The answer is Jesus Christ. And this book, that's all it talks about, is Jesus Christ. Faithful to the church. Faithful to the church. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, they're familiar verses to those of us who are pastors. It is the requirements. It's the requirements that God puts on his pastors. It begins there and says this here, if a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good thing. 
It's a good thing to, to serve as a pastor. Paul was thankful that the Lord had counted him worthy. He said this here, putting him in the ministry. But as you go through those requirements, what God is looking for in his ministers is this, to be both faithful in public life, but also private life. So God does not want somebody who presents one thing here in the pulpit and then goes and lives a different thing outside of the pulpit. He wants it to be consistent, both in themselves, in their family, in their household. And God desires that, and he wants faithfulness in, in the call that he has. He wants us to be faithful in doing the work. In 2 Timothy 4 and verse 5, he gives some things there. He says, to be a watchman. He calls upon us to be a watchman, to be watchful. He calls upon us to endure hardships. He calls upon us to evangelize the lost. He calls upon us to bear fruit in the ministry. Faithful in doing the work. Ephesians chapter four, the Bible says that the pastor that he gives is a gift to the ministry. It's a gift to the church. Why? Because it's there to be a help. It's there to mature and help us to grow. That's what a pastor does. He helps things to mature or the perfecting of the saints. Not only what he preaches and teaches, but what he lives out in front of us. God calls upon us to do that. God calls upon pastors to help the saints to serve for the work of the ministry, he says there in Ephesians chapter four and verse 12, but also for the edification, to build up the church, to, to encourage it, to keep pointing at Jesus Christ. We're thankful this morning that we have a pastor who exemplifies these things that God asks of his man that he calls. But he doesn't just want it in, a, in him only, he wants it in all of us. He wants to be faithful. The book of Matthew chapter 25, there's a parable given to us. We call it the parable of the talents. Many of us in here, this room know that parable. In that parable, there are three different men that are given varying amounts of talents or money by the master to steward, to watch over. When he would return, he would evaluate or judge their work. When he returned, he found two of them had doubled their talents. One man he had given five, and he had increased that five to ten. The other man he gave two only, and he increased it to four. But both men got the same commendation from their master. Well done, good and faithful servant. God's not necessarily looking for performance, although performance will come about. He is looking for faithfulness. God, the master in that case, but also God in turn and what he was teaching there to us, judges according to faithfulness. The third man was judged harshly because he was not faithful what was given to him. Pastor, as your former assistant for 17 years and Friend now for two plus decades, I want to say this to you for me. Thank you for living out this simple word, faithful, faithful. But as a body of believers, it's our challenge also to go out and to live by the examples that have been given to us. In Corinthians, the Bible uses this word. He says that we have been given in samples in this book to encourage us. But God has been so great and so good to this church here at Heritage Baptist by giving you an example as well. One that lives here among you that shows you a good example. I didn't say he was perfect. I, I, I understand that. 
but he's been an example of what it means to be a faithful steward of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This morning I ask you, how are you doing in your faithfulness to the Lord? How are you doing in your faithfulness? Maybe this morning, it's simply this here, you'd say, Pastor, I've never even received Christ as my Savior. I've never even got to step one yet. Well, this morning, that could be your first step in faithfulness and and being faithful to answer the call of salvation. That first point I mentioned this morning of faithful to the gospel. The gospel message is 2,000 years old, but it's still real today. Some things get old, they lose their effectiveness. You get the medicine bottle out. I don't know if you're like this here, but in the moving that we've had, we were two years without a home. And so we had a lot of stuff stuck in storage and we brought stuff out of storage and we found things in there that said expiration date, 12, 2020. I don't trust anything that has a date of 2020 on it. (laughs) But we see those expiration dates and we look at it and say, "Eh, maybe it'll still work. But what the manufacturer is saying is that if you go take it after this date, it won't be as effective or it loses its effectiveness. So go get something that's fresh. Go get something that's new. The thing about the gospel, the thing about the blood of Jesus Christ, it never loses its effectiveness. It saved the apostle Paul on the door of Damascus way back there. Most believe around 31, 32 A.D., been almost 2,000 years. And what a change it made from a man. You read it there in Galatians 1, you read his testimony. He persecuted the church and then he was out promoting the church. What a change. That same gospel has the same effect today. It's still changing lives. It's still saving sinners. It's still making us right with God. It's still bringing us with a hope for eternity. This morning, if you do not have that promise and you have not received that wonderful gift, In just a moment, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes for what we call an invitation. We're going to give you the opportunity to have somebody take a Bible and just show you what the Bible says about receiving salvation. My friend, there's no greater gift ever been given to mankind than the gift of salvation. Friend, if you're not being faithful You may be faithful in church, but maybe you're not being faithful in your everyday life to the cause of Christ and living out the gospel. Well, today would be a great day to just make that commitment to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to live for you. I want to give myself for you. Lord, help me to live out the gospel. Help me to be faithful in proclaiming the word. Help me to be faithful in living for Jesus Christ. Lord, help me to be faithful to the church you've given to me. Father, I pray that you be with us now.